0: This is the Dad Devotionals Podcast with Dave Domzowski. Each week, I'll bring you compelling interviews that'll educate, inspire, and motivate you to become the father and husband our Lord called you to be. We're a community of devoted dads who wanna strengthen our faith and family and live out our true purpose in this life. Please, won't you join us? Just text me at 717-913-5671 and you'll be welcomed into my devoted dads community. And if you want to support the podcast, we invite you to purchase a product, a book, or a course in our affiliate shop on DadDevotionals.com. You can also contribute monthly at Patreon.com slash DadDevotionals. Now, here's today's show. God bless. Hey, guys. Are you in a leadership role in your current job? If so, I have a course for you. It's called Heroic Leadership. There is only one thing that's certain, and that is there will be uncertainty. But you don't have to wait around for things to happen. You can take charge of your life, your people, and your career. Instead of being reactive, you can be proactive. You can pivot when things go awry, which they inevitably will. Instead of operating from a fixed mindset, you can operate from a growth mindset. You can see opportunity, not lack. Instead of focusing on only yourself, you can come from a place of empathy. You can be that rising tide that lifts other boats. It's time you forge ahead with an inspired plan and the motivation to execute it. You see the caliber of people that you'll be spending time with here. As Jim Rome said, you're the average of the five people you spend the most time with. Well, you're spending time with Jeffrey Hazlett, who will guide you through what it's like to answer the call as a C-suite executive. You're listening to Sarah Staley, who has dealt with many crises in her own time at Stanford University Medical Center. You'll also hear from Sean Maroney, who has suffered from obesity and other issues his entire life. Yet all these people are stronger for their experience and will teach you how to overcome anything. Now is the time to be extraordinary. Now is the time to step up. Now is the time to be your best when things are at their worst. It's time to answer the call. Join us today. Go to daddevotionals.com leader right now. That's daddevotionals.com slash later to get instant access to this course. Now, let's get to today's episode. Today's guest is John Finch. He's been married for over 20 years, has three daughters, and lives in Denton, Texas. John's mission is to educate, encourage, and equip men to become the fathers they were created to be and to help men walk in daily awareness of their significant and lifelong influence as fathers. Through the movie, The Father Effect, and also the book, John shares stories and messages that'll move people to a new awareness about the everlasting impact of fathers and the importance of forgiveness and openness in the relationships of this world so needed today. He's also the founder of the Perfect Father Ministries and EncouragingDads.com, a community of people from all over the world who share short stories to encourage dads. John, welcome to Dad Devotionals. It's so
1: great to have you, my friend. Thanks for having me, brother. I appreciate the time and and, uh, good to to reconnect with you. Absolutely. Now, to kick things off here,
0: John, I want to start with this. What do you want men to take away from our time together today?
1: You know, probably the biggest thing, and this is something I I wished every single man on this planet would hear and know and just take into the, the deepest parts of their heart, And mind is you're not alone. Doesn't matter what you've done, where you've been, the mistakes you've made, um, you're not alone. And so understanding that and, and getting and surrounding yourself with that band of brothers is so deeply needed, especially in where we're at today and coming out of the pandemic and you know, guys are just so isolated. There was already an issue with with isolation to begin with, right? And, and isolation is man's greatest enemy. But coming out of this pandemic, um, I think we've got to refocus on that and make sure we have that those 3 a.m. buddies that'll come, you know, we can call <laughs> when, when things are bad and we can, they'll help rescue us. That's right. More than just a text message, right? I mean, they're actually there for you in in person,
0: Absolutely. <laughs> uh, John, uh, let's build off of that a little bit then. What
1: holds men back from being a great father? You know, I think a couple of things. I think the the biggest one is probably their own stories, their own father, right? Most men don't know how to be a good father because it was not model for them. Uh, they didn't have that guy ro- growing up that uh, was the dad that that typically it's two guys I run into. It's the guy who wants to be a great dad, but just doesn't know how. Mm-hmm. Or it's the guy that thinks he's doing a pretty good dad, a pretty good job as a dad, but he's comparing himself to Joe, the next door neighbor. Well, Joe's spending 10 minutes a day with his kid. So he thinks, well, if I spend 12, I'm a better dad, right? right. It's a competitive thing. Yep. Um, but I think it's most of us just don't have the tools. We were given a mm-hmm. toolbox. And the majority of us have maybe an empty toolbox in some cases, right? With no dad growing up, or we have maybe a pair of pliers and a rusty screwdriver. And so we're just, we're not given the tools in many, many cases. So it's this generational thing, right? It's we do what we saw as normal in our homes. And so even if we did have a dad there in the home, A lot of time, he wasn't there emotionally. He was there physically, Mm -hmm. but he was emotionally absent. So Mm -hmm. there's there's a lot to unpack there, but I think those are probably a couple of the biggest reasons. Yeah,
0: so let's talk about the toolbox then. How do we equip ourselves with the right tools if we weren't provided that in the beginning of our lives? It wasn't modeled for us.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So it goes back to what we said at the beginning, the the band of brothers. It's about connecting with other guys that, They're going through the same stuff. We don't want to believe that or we want to believe the lie that we're the only jacked up flawed guys. Right. And everybody else has this bad thing figured out. Yeah. But the reality of it is I learned so much more from the guys I know uh, from my Mm -hmm. Bible study, from the guys that I surround myself Mm -hmm. with and having those open, honest conversations about all the places I failed, about the struggles and trials and, and really big issues I'm going through with my girls at a time or whatever. That's so cool. it's it's being able to have those honest conversations and being real and transparent about our own stuff. That leads, I, I've learned so much from other guys and just doing that. And, you know, versus 10 years ago, the resources we have now, unbelievable, but yeah. beyond podcasts, YouTube, books, all that stuff. Ten years ago, we just had like books, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> you know, or, or however long that was. You know what I'm getting yeah. at? Yeah, I know what you mean. Yeah, The resources now, there's no excuse not to be a good dad. Wow. That's that st- such a good point.
0: Um, and I feel like, you know, you talk about relationships. One of those most important relationships is with our wives, right? So how does that relationship with our wives influence our children for better or worse?
1: You know, uh, our relationship with our wives and in the movie, we interviewed several people and there were two counselors, which was interesting mm. that I asked. And I, I had a standard set of questions and I would ask the same questions essentially to all the experts that we interviewed and two counselors. within about a two week time period of each other, when I was interviewing them, I said, what's the best thing a father can do for his children? And both of them without hesitation said, love their mother. And, and I think most of us men, we have this issue with putting work and other things before loving our wives. Right. And so the key for all of us, and I have to be constantly reminded of this too, because I'm, I'm again, I'm a jacked up flawed and perfect dude to this day. And I still make mistakes. Right. But but it's, it's God, our wives, and then our kids, we get those, the the two and three mixed up. We, we so many times put our kids in front of our wives and the reality of it is, if you don't have this thing with your wife in, in the zone, in the sweet spot, if you will, your relationship with your kids are going to suffer because they're watching you and how you love your wife. You know, as a as a father, I'm setting the standard as a man, husband and father that my daughter is going to measure every other man as a man, husband and father. Right. And, right. and I'm setting that same standard by which my son is going to measure himself mm-hmm. as a man, husband, and father. So the way they see me love their mom is is their normal. It's yeah. what they're going to expect when they grow up. The little girl, how she's going to be treated, and the little boy, how he's going to treat other women. Yeah, no, that's such a good point. And you know, you, you make a
0: you said about work too. I mean, I think a lot of that times if guys aren't putting God first. Sometimes maybe they're putting, or maybe they are putting God first, or maybe they're putting work first, or work second, or whatever it is, and then maybe they put the kids first because, you know, the kid you come home from work, and the kids one time, sometimes the wife's back in cleanup, <laughs> and, and it, it, you know, it, it, if she's the, if she, if that relationship there isn't nurtured, you're not watering it every day, same thing with your kids, it's going to de- deteriorate, and you're going to, you're going to see your, your stuff on the, on the lawn outside one day, you're not going to understand why, you're not going to understand how you got there.
1: Yeah, the, I mean, the kids, when they walk out of the door in the mornings to go to school, they're smart. And yeah. even the young ones are super observant. They're paying attention to your body language, the yeah. language, uh, the tone, everything it is that you do with your wife. And when they walk out the door, if there's a little bit of an issue there, they know and they sense it. Yeah. And it 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 causes Additional stress and chaos in their lives because it's more worry and concern. Wait, are mom and dad okay? Yeah. And, and you know how especially younger kids are, and even older kids. Mm-hmm. I think my mom and dad are getting a divorce only because of an argument or something they got into, and yeah. the kids didn't see them make up. They didn't see the reconciliation, and it wasn't modeled in a way where they got the the point that no, 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 mom and dad have disagreements from time to time, <laughs> you know, right. but Absolutely. we're good. We love yeah. each other. We're good.
0: Um, so I was, I, I like to check anytime I bring somebody on, I like to check the, the social media, Facebook, Instagram, and I saw on the, the father effect uh, Instagram account, and it's, a, it's at the father effect guys, if you want to check it out, but you had a recent post that stated no dad on his deathbed ever said, I wish I would have spent more time at work. What can we do today to kind of build off of what we're just talking about? What can we do today to avoid this regret of not being around enough for our families? Because I think even with the pandemic, we, we have even more of an excuse to be in front of a screen because that's what everyone's doing. Kids were on screens for, for school. You're, you're on screens more for, uh, I mean, at least I was for, for the job that I did. I mean, there, there's I have like three different devices that I use for work. <laughs> you know, you're always connected but we
1: have to set those kind of boundaries. How, how can we do that? You know, in, in everything we do, what I try to get men to do and dads to do is, is be aware, walk in a daily awareness of their impact, right. Mm -hmm. In everything they do and say, now I've been able to flip that switch. Uh, I did it years ago when kind of God did this transformation of my life and in, I didn't understand just the significant and incredible power I had in the lives of my children. And I think most men don't don't truly understand that. And so to understand that and to walk in that daily awareness, um, you know, a big part for me, am I perfect and do I do it every morning? No. But a big part for me mentally and to get moving in that right direction is my quiet time. Right. It's starting off with time with the Lord. And that gets me in a place where I I, I find myself more, more, more zeroed in to those type of things on a daily basis and understanding that, you know, when my girls want to talk, it's like I drop everything because they're teenagers, right? Okay. And they don't want to talk all that often <laughs> at this point. <laughs> yeah. They're doing their thing. They're independent. Yep. They're, yep. you know, those type of things. And so uh, it it's. Really just soaking up the time that you have with them. Mm-hmm. And, and and again, walking in that daily awareness, because, man, it's my mom used to say, you know, they won't be young for long. And I remember as a young father, just kind of, yeah, OK, whatever, mom. But <laughs> I'll tell you what, I, I look back now and I've got 22, 20 and 15. Wow. And I'm like, wow. It literally seemed like it was yesterday when they were mm-hmm. toddlers. So, um yeah, it's it's walking in daily awareness, man, and just making sure you're not distracted mm-hmm. by the things of this world, and 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 realizing being in those moments and not too busy that you miss those moments where those are memories that your kids will never forget.
0: You know, my, mine are. I have a son. His name's Davy. He's six, and my daughter's four. Uh, her name's Maggie. And everyone tells us. I mean, whether it's my own family or our neighbors or whatever, uh, that these are the quote unquote best years. Um, the, you know, just the, yeah. I see, I see, I see the look on your face. I mean, and it, I, I got to tell you, I mean, cause I, a lot of guys that are listening to the show, they fall within like the mid thirties kind of, you know, they're so they have, we, they all have kids around the, the age of that, that mine are. And it's just, it just seems so chaotic this time. I don't, I don't know what it's like to have teenagers. I remember myself as a teenager, but uh, it just seems so chaotic. what What can what can we do? Can, speak to the dads that are in my situation, who are, are like, you know, it, it just feels so overwhelming. How, how can I? How can I be more aware? Because it, it it just seems so chaotic. I mean, going through a pandemic with with you know four and two year old, you know, three. I mean, it, it was it was difficult. So how can we push past that? I mean, hopefully we're 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 moving beyond it. Um, you know, everything with the vaccine and all that stuff. And hopefully we're we're beyond the pandemic, but just in general, how can we make these the best years and be more intentional about doing so?
1: You know, I think for me, and I've learned a ton from my wife. Mm-hmm. And so for me, it's about making sure you and your wife are on the same page for checking sure. her pulse on a daily basis. Right. And in, in allowing her, to speak into your life, because many times my wife has said, honey, you know, we'll, we'll go have a little meeting <laughs> in the room, in the bedroom <laughs> or whatever. Yeah. And she'll give me some tips because I got like girls. Right. So I'm still I'm still trying to figure out girls and my girls are teenagers and my wife, too. Right. Uh, so <laughs> it's allowing her to speak into me and give me some pointers, not being so prideful that I think because I'm the father, I know everything and whatever, right? It's allowing both of us to help one another and encourage one another. And when we see things that we should be doing different, or we see our kids respond to the other spouse differently, Mm -hmm. or there's something there that maybe we need to do different, it's being able to have those conversations. And so, I mean, you've got to be a team, right? Yeah. You and your wife have got to be on the same page, got to be a team in this parenting thing because it's difficult enough as it is. But I think most men, it's, you know, I'm your father, do what I say because I'm your father, blah, 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 you know, into that whole thing. And I was that guy for a few years, but it's it's allowing your wife it, and having those daily conversations what can we do better? Where did we go wrong? What did I do wrong? You know, having that open, honest conversation with your wife, that's a huge, huge piece because that's that's taught me so much over the last several years. And, and it's brought me out of this thinking that I kind of knew what I was doing, but I had no clue. <laughs> um, so so I tell you that if there's anything else, it's that's the important piece because she's your accountability partner to a degree when it comes to parenting. Right. Yeah. And, and I see things when my wife interacts with my girls that sometimes I'm like, we have a conversation right later. Right. And and she sees things all the time in me that, that I do and kind of mistakes and how I mess up. And so I'm just, we're trying to get better every day. Let's say you, you fight to get to the kingdom together.
0: <laughs> I mean, Absolutely. That's why you got that spouse where it always keep you in check. Um, talk to us about Encouraging Dads. What, what's one or two of those stories that that really sticks with you um, and that you'd like to share?
1: You know, well, the, the Encouraging Dads, um, we had that project that we had started a few years ago, and we've got some things that we're working on to possibly relaunch it. Okay. Uh, but the stories we've heard throughout the years, you know, it, it's it's interesting from both men and women, mm-hmm. and how a dad impacts a daughter or son. Mm-hmm. I'll share. You know, there's a couple of stories uh, from the movie actually mm-hmm. that were powerful stories, and I I, I love sharing because there's just yes. there's those wow moments, right? Mm-hmm. In my journey, because we interviewed like over eighty people, and there was a nugget. In every single interview, it didn't matter who it was, if it was an expert or a bestselling author or just an ordinary person, there was a nugget. God was helping me to learn mm-hmm. that I was taking back and implementing my own home and changing my life and legacy as a dad. Right. So one of the stories is Dr. Meg Meeker. And and this is kind of a, a really eye opening piece. Mm-hmm. But she said, you know, John, I started writing. She was a pediatrician by trade. And now she's like a six or seven or eight time bestselling author and just a good as gold. Yeah. This lady is just amazing and knows this space. Right. And she said, I started seeing girls that were coming in my office and they were sexually active at younger and younger ages. It was like mm. 16 and 15 and 14 and 13. And she's like, this is crazy. Yeah. And she said on, on more than one occasion, there was a young lady that would come in at 13, 14 years of age and she was sexually active. Mm -hmm. And after he got she got through doing the physical, the little girl would turn to her and say, hey, Dr. Meeker, can you write me a prescription? And Dr. Meeker could say, you're fine. There's nothing wrong with you. You're Totally healthy. And the old girl would say, I don't care what the prescription is for. Just put at the bottom of it. Cannot have sex. And she said, John, what was happening was these young girls were having sex. It wasn't emotionally or physically pleasurable, but it was the only positive fatherly affection or or affection from a man that they were getting and she said this this prescription was there was her permission slip not to have sex with johnny anymore so she would she would get home from the doctor's office show him and say hey dude you know and so those kind of moments as a dad of three daughters you go Wow. Yeah. You know, the words I speak, the affection, the physical affection and love that I have for my girls and sons, too. It goes both ways. Right. We've got to be able to show that and that they know that they are loved, cherished and valued no matter what. There's nothing they can do to make us love them any more, or any less. And in the same grace that God shows us every day, we have to have the ability and then know-how to do that and be mm. intentional in doing that with their own kids. There was another one with Pastor Neil Jeffrey of Prestonwood, which is a large church here in Dallas. Mm. And he is just an encourager of men. And he was one of my favorite interviews. And he talked about, I'll never forget, we were talking, and he said, John, there's nothing like a child hear their dad, pray for them out loud by name, and that fatherly voice that god had given them right and i remember walking out going i was thinking wow that's
0: good that's really good
1: and so i walked out of that interview that went home that night and i said darling prayer time's changing because i was that guy i'd lay down with my girls and you know i'd say this amazing crazy good prayer and i'd walk out pat myself on the back (laughs) thinking i was like billy graham Right. Like I, you're amazing. You should go preach or, you know, it was, yeah. you should start a revival. That was me. I thought uh, it was pride, so amazing. I'm right the, there the with pride, you. The pride. And so I changed and I started asking my girls, each one, and they were in one, the youngest was really little, but the other two were, were fairly young too. This was like l- probably 10, 11 years ago. Yeah. And it's funny because I would ask them, hey, Sid, what can I pray for you about? And, and it did a few different things. I would pray for them out loud about whatever it is they said. Mm-hmm. But after we got through praying, I'd be able to say, hey, how can I help you with whatever that might be? Struggling with a friendship, a homework project, whatever. So mm-hmm. it led to these additional conversations. And, and that made them see that I was so interested in what they were struggling with, the issues they were having, whatever. And I wanted to help them. Now, the even more powerful thing was when my wife was able to be up there at night and for me to pray out loud about her or her, and for her in front of my girls, for me to say, Lord, we are so thankful and blessed that we have such an amazing mom and wife, mm-hmm. right? And yeah. for her servant's heart. And I would just pray that about my wife in front of my kids. Dude, it does not get much
0: better than that. Okay, speaking of nuggets, I'm going to write that one down. I suggest everyone listening and do the same. <laughs> Thank you for that. Yeah, you, you mentioned grace, too, in, in what you just uh, shared with us there. I want to talk to you about the prison ministry for the, the father effect. Tell us about the impact you're making there. I, I just find this so touching. So please, if you could share a moment about that.
1: Yes. Yeah, so a few years ago, and this actually, there was a little bit of a hiccup because of COVID uh, we were supposed to start. I'd met a guy through Facebook who has a ministry called the voices of the fatherless, great guy named Percy Kennedy. And we had somehow been friends probably on Facebook for four or five years. And I was traveling to Houston, which is where he lives. Mm-hmm. And I just reached out to him and said, Hey, let's go grab lunch. So we went and had lunch. And he, he just, at one point he said, dude, we need to share your movie and give away books at the prisons. I said, I'm all in. Let's do it. And so we were supposed to have our first event on March 23rd of 2020. Well, yeah. 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 COVID hit like March 10th or 12th, depending on part of the country you're in. It it blew that whole thing up. Yeah. So literally uh, late last year, probably October, November, he reached back out to me and said, Hey, doors are back open. We've already, I've already given your book away to about 15 guys. We've got a small group. They've seen a movie and he's like, Let's do this. So awesome. um, he's a, he's been given a ton of favor, God's favor in the prison mm-hmm. system in Texas. And so what we do once a month is we're going, showing the movie to about 100 plus guys every time in, in various units across Texas. And then we have a very open, honest, real, raw conversation afterward. And we, and we have a Q&A and, and I'll tell you what, to see these guys. um. I have a heart for these guys because I know I was really stupid and dumb when I was young and did a lot of dumb things. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, I'm only for the grace of God. Am I not right there where they are? Mm-hmm. And those who know a little bit of my story, my dad spent some time in prison too. So um, I, I look at these guys and I have a heart for them and, and it's just giving them hope and helping God use my story of that forgiveness and the healing and and hope that comes through that, um, dude, it's, it's been amazing. It really has to watch these guys kind of connect the dots and watch God start working in and through them to, to see kind of why they're there. Right. A lot of them are there because of their anger after yeah. it's all said and done, yeah. the following.
0: Mm-hmm. you know, I, I, what came to me when you were speaking there is I was in prison and you visited me and that's, um, you know, our Lord was in prison, you know, when he, before he was, he was executed. And, um, it's just, it's so powerful to know that you're going in there and you are impacting an image of Christ in every one of those guys. Um, it's just, it, it's, it's awesome, brother. And I, I just, I'm so glad that there's folks out, out there like you doing this. Cause even if you change just one person's life, I mean, that's just the trajectory of of their family and for generations upon generations. And, uh, you know, so thank you for doing that. Uh, and I, 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 I will, I will keep that ministry in my prayers and I hope all the guys listening will do the same.
1: So brother, it it is all God. Yeah. Amen. (laughs) Amen. He he has continued to just open doors. And, and, uh, I, again, I think these guys know that I'll, I'll be the first to admit, I'm not the perfect dude and and I still mess up every day, but, Mm -hmm. but, the way that that God has opened doors and and you know to this knucklehead and and how he's able to use me in some form or fashion it's it's been an incredible journey continues to be and I, I just yeah. tell people all the time I'm just lucky to be on the bus he's driving. <laughs> Amen. Well, he's he certainly
0: got the wheel in your life. I can see that. <laughs> all right. Well, we are going to try something new today. You're, you're the first one. You're my guinea pig, John. And I'm calling it the Fatherhood Five. And I just want you to think of it as kind of like a lightning round. So just quick answers. First thing that comes to your mind. Okay. Are you ready? I'm in, baby. Let's do it. Excellent. All right. What's the most rewarding
1: thing about being a father? Watching my kids bloom. Watching them make the right decisions from time to time. Mm, love that. What's the most difficult thing about being a father? Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> There, that could be long. <laughs> Let me think about this for a second. You know, uh, well, I guess along those same lines, it's watching them fail, mm. right? And, and watching my kids go through the pain. It's it, as most guys know, it's just it It almost hurts you as much or more. So, yeah, absolutely.
0: How did how did you react or how do you react now when uh, one of your kids does something wrong?
1: Wow. You know, it, the grace, I, 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 when they do something wrong, I don't lash out the, like I used to, I don't lecture them or whatever. Yeah. It's just, I, I usually will, will sit and unless they want my advice or whatever. And, and a lot of times it's a hug, right? It's, mm-hmm. Hey, okay. We all fail. Let's get up and do it again and learn from it. Right. Amen. Absolutely. Best book on fatherhood other than the father effect. Um, uh, for me, I would say fathered by God with John Eldridge. Um, yeah, I don't know if you want an explanation there, but fathered by God by John Eldridge. You know what, if you want to give us a quick one, that'd be great. For me, that was one of the books that taught me the most because it goes through kind of the six phases of manhood that we all go through from the little bitty cowboy growing up to the sage, the old man, the grandfatherly type and what we all need at each stage, um, and, and for me, it helped me connect the dots on what I didn't get and how I could then change my behavior and and do better, uh, knowing that some things that I didn't have and, and how I could learn from those things.
0: All right. I love that. We'll, we'll definitely link that one up on the show notes for you guys to check out. Last one, name a Bible verse that you're meditating on lately.
1: I would say one that's really big for me uh, that I constantly... It's, it's one of my life verses, and I constantly meditate on it, is uh, Romans 8, one? There's no condemnation for those who belong to Christ Jesus. And mm. For mm. me, it's because of the father issue and because a lot of the father stuff. I still, to this day, struggle with shame and unworthiness and some of the things that a lot of us who grew up without fathers do. Sure. And so I have to constantly be reminded. And he was 13.5, and Jesus said, I will never leave you. I'll never forsake you. I, I need to know that somebody's not going to abandon me or betray me right because of what my father did. And so um those are constant verses that I'm I'm always thinking about and thinking through. Well that's beautiful
0: man because you can see how your life you've tried to do that and make sure people didn't feel that in your family and also in other families. So it mean, it's amazing that you took that I have a I have another gentleman that'll be on his name's Sean Maroney and he talks about taking your pain and turning it into a platform.
1: And I think you're a great testament to that as well. So, God bless you, Well, I, dude. I, I appreciate that. Yeah, I, for 30 years I lived that fraud poser pretender mentality, mm-hmm. and and when God did this thing in me, I was like, okay, I'm all in. What you see is what you get. I, I'm I'm not playing that game anymore. And um, it, yeah, I'm I'm man. I just try to be as real and authentic as transparent as I can. Absolutely. Poser. I haven't heard that. I haven't
0: heard that word in a while. It's awesome. It's like very 90s.
1: (laughs) Yeah. You know, that's that's an Eldridge thing. too. (laughs) When when we were doing the interview, he was uh, always talking about the poser and there was a couple other guys. So maybe it's coming back around. Maybe, maybe. You know what?
0: Trends do that. Even fashion. Right. All right. Well, John, we're just about out of time, but I want to give you a chance to tell us where we can connect with you and tell us more where we can find out about the father effect.
1: Sure. So we are the father effect pretty much everywhere. Uh, If you Google it, whatever, we got YouTube, Twitter, Facebook, uh, do a little bit Instagram, but probably very active on Twitter Mm -hmm. uh, and Facebook. And then our YouTube channel, we've got a number of clips from the movie. The movie's free. The 60 minute movie. The father effect is also free uh, on Facebook. We released it about a year and a half ago. Father's Day. God just said, Hey, let me have this thing. And I said, all right, it's all you do your thing. So it's awesome, man. And
0: I saw, I, th- I think it was on your Instagram that e- ETWN's picking it up, right? That's yeah, so,
1: so we started in 2016, they had approached us uh, and they're a pretty big player within yeah. the TV broadcasting space. And so right. um, they'd approached us and said, Hey, we want to show this. And we we're like, yeah, absolutely. So we did a three-year stint with them. And then there were a couple of years went by and I think they had just forgotten about it. And they were like, oh, hold on a second. We don't have a, a renewed contract. So they reached out to me and they said, hey, can we make it four years this time? And I was like, let's do it. Nice. Absolutely. That's
0: awesome, man. Well, John, it's been such a pleasure. May God grant you many years and bless your ministry. Take care my friend. We look forward to seeing big things from you later this year and into 2023. Greatly appreciate you, my brother. And thanks again for the time. No problem. You take care. See you, bud. Hey, dads. Are you responsible for your household or business finances? If so, check out my website, runthemoney.com. Run the Money is the place for money management tips for saving more, paying off debt, and budgeting. I also give you ideas and information for starting a side business. If you're in between jobs or need a way to get a better handle on your family's money, go to runthemoney.com for free articles on money management. That's runthemoney.com, R-U-N-T-H-E-M-O-N-E-Y, all one word, runthemoney.com. I'll see you there. Thank you for listening to Dad Devotionals. Be sure to text me at 717-913-5671 to join the Devoted Dads community. Do me a favor and share this episode with at least one other person who could benefit. Until next time, take care and God bless.